All right, you can be seated, or you can run around the room three times, okay? <laughs> All right, good to be here. Susan and I uh, had the privilege uh, about a week ago that we hosted as our, I think it's our 13th, but 12th or 13th, I've lost count, uh, NEI, and we had some of you there. Uh, bless you for coming and being a part, and just want to tell you next year, December 5th, 6th, 7th, will be the NEI Convocation. Uh, the focus is going to be the more excellent ministry, and we are blessed that we already know that Chuck Pierce is going to open NEI next year, and of course, Dutch will be there, so you start making plans, y'all can rent a... Uh, Greyhound bus, and uh, all of you come together. Amen. Sandra will drive it. Have her granddaughter come and play the flute while you're while you're traveling, and it'll be good. Susan, I honored to be here. Always good to be. This is home. I see my buddy Randy back there. Hey, Randy. Uh, with that, love the worship. Y'all doing great and everything, but. Uh, we were going to be in the area, and I just asked Jackie any chance that something we might can help y'all along with, and she's asked me to come and speak on first fruits. How many of you are someone that practice first fruits? All right, many of you. Well, I'm going to start with just a few testimony, and then I'm going to get in and teach it with that. But um, earlier this year... The, we have a piece of equipment we needed up at the Ark, a big piece of equipment, a very expensive piece of equipment. And I heard God say to me, if you'll come to faith, I have your skid steer. Now, to some of you who might not be on that page, a bobcat, okay? A lot of people call them. They were the first company to really come out with them. And so I began to talk to Susan, and we began to look, and everything we could find we could afford uh, was wore out. And uh, I've had a bulldozer down for most of this year. Finally found the part the other day in Texas and went and got it. And so I don't need something to work on. Uh, I'm getting enough therapy with all the maintenance and equipment we have up there as it is. I call working on stuff like that therapy. But anyway, and so we uh, begin to come to faith and we begin to look and we begin to thank God and we begin to sow first fruits. Everybody say first fruits. Let me just say this right here. First fruits is a sacrificial portion. It's a sacrificial offering of the heart of the completed harvest you desire. And so the desire that we had was for the skid steer. We needed a forestry mulcher and post hoe digger and a lot of equipment with it. And we were looking at well over a hundred thousand dollars and so uh, a few weeks ago I, I guess it was in maybe October we uh, had a very challenging week in the fact that we lost two longtime friends two intercessors supporters of the ministry now let me just tell you this doesn't make it easier what I've been telling you but they were both 87 years young but we didn't expect their final reward to come when it did. And so Susan and I, yeah, on the same day, they were not connected to each other either. And 
But anyway, long story short, Susan and I had to travel four or five hours to one area of Arkansas and do, uh, uh, actually Missouri, uh, to do that celebration of life and then drive back. And then later in the week, for, later in the week, we had to travel four hours plus to the second one. And at first they were scheduling both celebrations of life on the same day at the same time. And it was like, uh, we're going to have to clone me real quick if y'all want me to be there. And uh, I didn't ask him to change it, but one of the funeral homes could not handle it at that time. So anyway, it was, and we traveled, we, I think maybe we ended up with Jackie down in Frisco, I can't remember. We were many places, but we drove in on a Sunday night. Everybody say, they drove in on a Sunday night, all right? We drove in on a Sunday night, went by the post office. We're driving down the road. Susan's kind of looking through the mail. We had this nice little card about this big, you know, just like a thank you card uh, with it. And Susan opened the card, and all of a sudden, she jumped out of the vehicle. I'm running 45 miles an hour. She's running. No, I'm making that up. <laughs> but anyway, she goes, I mean, ecstatic. And I said, what? And she said, we have the money to buy the skid steer. And a lady overseas had sent us $100,000 to buy the skid steer. So we were able through my, how many of you know I have Jewish blood? <laughs> I really do, but I have a little bit of Jew in me. And I negotiated, we bought everything that we needed for $102,000. Bought it from the John Deere locally. It's got a warranty on it. It's low hours. It's incredible. I haven't got to run it enough yet because we've been traveling, but I can pull up to a tree this big around, and it'll just grind it up and get rid of it and everything. So we need it for building the, the youth camp. But anyway, stepping back into that, we sowed sacrificially for this piece of equipment. See, the tithe is what? Tell me what the tithe is. Say it again. 10%? Can we amplify that? Let's go to the amplified version, okay? We're going to read out a clay verbs amplified, all right? It is actually the first 10%. It's not an afterthought. It's not something you do when you can't pay your bills. It's, it's, it's the first 10%. We have people in our life who've sat under our ministry for many, many years, and if they get paid on a Wednesday, they actually write their tithes and offerings out at that time. Now, interesting, due to e-commerce and credit cards and all the ways we have to give now, a lot of them are just giving then and uh, uh, with it. But the first 10%, see, it's, it's the first 10% of the harvest you have. How many of you got paid this week? Nobody? Okay. How do y'all know? <laughs> and so it's the first 10% of the, of the harvest you have. But see, the first fruit is a sacrificial portion of the harvest you desire to have. And as I get into this today, you'll see I actually had a dream about first fruits here last night. And... Uh, had something in it I've never done in teaching first fruits. And we'll get into that a little bit later. And I'm and then, not only that, a while ago, in just 
pondering what he showed me to do, I was able to connect it to what I've been teaching for since 1991. We've been practicing first fruits, and God showed me the connection to the dream last night. So let's get into this. I think they've got a, a, a PowerPoint, but as you're going there, I want to show you one thing that I've discovered. I'm bringing it up uh, about, where is it here? About uh, first, uh, excuse me, uh, I've got to get back to where I was. There it is. Okay. Here's what I've discovered about first fruit. How, how many of you know your, your money has a voice? And I love American money because it has the voice of in God we trust. So every time, I, I mean, could this be the reason they're trying to move us into a cashless society? Because they don't want that. Every time you hand a bill to someone, I don't care if they're an atheist. I don't, I don't care if they're a demon. But every time you hand a bill and you pay, that money has a voice. And it's saying, in God we trust. And it's very important that it's, it's a prophetic act when we pay for stuff, you know, uh, with it. So, uh, but your giving, your finances has a voice. But here's something that I'm a little difficult giving you absolute dogma on it. But I believe that first fruits offerings have an amplified voice. Uh, we've watched it. Uh, we've got a daughter that is walking with God today. That you know, she went through the loss of a husband, loss of a daughter, uh, everything, and she's thirty-six months uh, uh, not abusing antidepressants and not abusing no alcohol at all, and just job is just soaring, and promotions are coming, and everything. But we sowed first fruits for her. You know, the harvest we wanted was our daughter back. And maybe you've got a prodigal that you want to sow for today. But in the process of this, I want to read you and show you how money has a voice. Are you with me? Okay. Got to find my exact notes. Go with me to the book of James, chapter 5, verse 4. It says, you have heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud. Anybody ever worked a job and, and when it came time to be paid, you didn't get paid? Well, that's what we're reading about right here in James chapter 5 and verse 4. Indeed, the wages of the laborer who mowed your yard, you kept back by fraud. Though, Listen, cry out. What cries out? Not the laborers, the wages. Am I, am I reading this wrong? Come on, somebody go with me here. I got, I got, we got to move together. But it says, Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your field, which you kept back by fraud. What did they, they keep back by fraud? Wages. Cry out. So money has a voice. Money, ha, your money has a voice. It has the voice to purchase things. 
Uh, when that 100000 came in and we were able to buy that piece of equipment, our money, that $100,000, spoke and we were able to buy the piece of equipment. Let's go on. It cries out, the, the wages, which you kept back by fraud, cry out, and listen to it, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. So we've got two voices here. We have the voice of the wages which were owed to the laborers, but yet we have the voice of the laborers. There are two different voices. And it's important to understand that first fruit works in an amplified way to shout out for you. Let me just say this. In, his, in the historical research that I began to do in, in the 90s about this, when the when a, uh, the the real gold standard back then was barley and wheat, in other words, the whole economy was based on the barley harvest or the wheat harvest. Okay, so when the wheat, I'll use it. They're both similar. Uh, when wheat ripens, there's always a portion of the field which ripens first. Okay, that's first fruits. And if you were not a covenant Israelite, you would go and harvest that seed and you would store it to where weevils could not get to it, moisture could not get to it, uh, 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 you know, nothing could get to it because that seed that you first harvest, it represented your ability to plant another crop. How many of you know we have a better promise than that. And so they would take and put it up. They would store it where no one could, to, could um, nothing could get to it to damage it because they were not a covenant Israelite. A couple of years ago, a few years ago, 2020, we went on a tour to Israel, and our tour guide was a secular Jew. And... You have to understand, the people that blessed us with this tour, it was four people and a tour guide in a very nice $100,000 van. And we didn't have to fight crowds. We didn't have to do this. We didn't have to do that. But, the, but it, was, it was not what it could have been because of our tour guide. Everything was from a secular view. And he also... Everything, you know, like uh, we've now been to Israel twice. And we're going back in 2024. I believe things are going to get settled and come to peace over there. December of 2024, still a little bit of room left. We're believing that Mike and Jackie Tyre are going to make that trip. We're praying it and uh, with it, but we're going back there. But in our two trips there, we've been, we've toured two different Via Della Rosas. And, and the one guy, this is absolutely it. And the other guy said, well, it, this could be it. Because the second guy, and the one we'll have in December 24, is, he is Jewish, but he's also born again, and he's also spirit-filled. Amen? And so he brings a total, and he's the number one archaeologist in Israel. And so uh, you really get, we, we got to go into areas that are still being excavated that you normally can't go to. One of them is the, uh, what was it called, Sudan, the, where Mechizedek 
there in the city of David, and we saw things and uh, that you normally don't. But anyway, let me get off of off of Israel and bring this back down. But if you were are a covenant Israelite, then you would take and go and you would harvest this first fruits, and you would bring it to a, the priest as a wave offering. And you would release it to the priest because even though they didn't have the Word of God back then, uh, the Bible, they had the Word of God, excuse me, the Bible as we do today, they understood that God gives seed to the sower. Now, anybody here got an agronomy background? A little bit? Well, this is what I understand from my agronomy background, being coming from farms and stuff. The first seed that is produced, whether that be an apple tree, pear tree, wheat field, rice field, soybean field, corn field, because you know a lot of our seed these days are hybrids, but are the strongest and they're the best for reproduction. Anybody here raise uh, with heirloom seed? Anybody know the term heirloom seed? Heirloom seed are always harvested the first fruits. The First apples on your tree are the best ones to get seed to plant other apple trees. So when the covenant Jew would bring it to the priest and give it to them, not only were they, uh, they, were they saying, we're going to trust you to give seed to the sower, they were saying, we're going to sacrifice the best. We're going to, you know, because that, that first seed, that first apple, the seed in it, when it comes... It has the greatest potential of producing a harvest. How many of you believe 2024 is going to have a greater harvest for you? Amen. In October, I taught First Fruits at City Gate, South Haven. With the challenge there of we, the City Gate, South Haven, on the last weekend of February, we will be we will celebrate our 20th anniversary planned that work 20 years ago but i challenged them i said let's enter in to our 20th year celebration debt free well let me just tell you less than 10 years ago just over nine years ago we refinanced the debt that we had on our building. It was $985,000. And so we receive a first, first fruit offering and pledges, and the people stepped up, and we're going to have a big gathering at the end of February. We've got Dr. Ron, uh, Ron Phillips coming in from Abba's house. We've got Dr. Dwayne Miller coming in. We're going to have a couple of days of meetings, and then on Sunday, we're going to burn the mortgage. That building, I talked with a realtor down there that called someone that's in commercial real estate, and they say that building is worth $2.7 million, and we will be debt-free. Now, how many of you know hope is not a strategy? Let that settle in. So when we refinanced just over nine years ago, $985,000, we were able to get it at 4% interest. We were able to get it locked in for 10 years. 
Now, I've been in the nonprofit business for a long time. I'm still trying to figure out this. What am I a prophet doing in a nonprofit <laughs> association? But anyway, you know, if y'all ever figure that out, help me understand that. But I've been in the nonprofit business for a long time. We've had a lot of 501c3s. We've started 20 churches and apostolic centers. I'm not boasting in any of this. But I've never been able to get a loan for a nonprofit, a 501c3 or, you know, nonprofit. I've never been able to get a loan locked in over five years. That's the longest I've ever did. And yet we, the banker pursued us. We weren't even banking with him. And he kept coming. He said, I want your business. What can I do to get your business? And, you know, can I just tell you, it takes four times as much paperwork to do a loan for a nonprofit as it does a, a, a corporation. And, and it takes 100 times more paperwork these days than it did 10 years ago. Anybody signed on any loans recently? You just keep signing and keep signing and keep signing. You know, it's just, it, and it's because the, the crooks up the game. They figure another way to commit fraud so they have to get us, the honest people that's going to pay it back, to sign all this stuff, trying to rope us into where we're not planning to beat them anyway. So anyway, in the process of this, this bank pursued us, got us a 4% loan, locked it in on 10 years. We've been paying. Now, do you understand? We're, you know, we're about, if we got everybody, including all the children that will be born in the next five years, to CityGate on a Sunday, we got about 135 people, okay? We don't have any any wealthy, wealthy, wealthy business people. You know, I, I know a church somewhere that, I, that used to have a billionaire in it. And, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, stuff like that. That's not what it is. So hardworking covenant people in less than 10 years, we've paid off almost a million dollars. You don't hear that? And not only that, Three or four years ago, we put in $135,000 worth of asphalt and extended parking. Last year, we put in $36,000 worth of carpet, and we paid cash for all that in the midst of it. We could have been debt-free, but we decided that's where it is. So I want you to catch this because I'm telling you, next year, every one of us in this room need the brooding of the Lord through first fruits over your life. Now let's go to the uh, PowerPoint. Can we do that? If you'll bring it up, I'm going to try to bring it up on mine. I know I have it somewhere here. Uh, I mean, I can't see out there. So anyway, um, it, we're talking today about financial freedom. How many of you would really like to get a strategy to move into debt-free living? Amen? I, we, you know, we have built now a 3,500-square-foot building up on the Ark land, and we built that building, 3,500 square feet, brand-new heat and air, brand-new brand building, okay? We have built that building for less than $90,000, and we're debt-free. Are you hearing me? We're debt-free on the land up there. The $700,000 has been paid, you know, with that. But we had a strategy to do that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, it uses the phrase there, an abundance for every good work. You know, I know y'all having your vision here. I don't want to be out of line, Jack, but y'all having your vision, you're building a recording studio. 
And one of the things that Jackie has told me is on the table, and I keep pushing her about it. Let me tell you what the future looks like. Anybody want to know what the future looks like? It looks like audiobooks. I'm just telling you. This, these phones, these tablets, everything we do, everything coming up, our attention deficit disorder has become greater. And we go to these gadgets and, and everything with that. And last night, we drove four hours to get here. And we got here uh, after midnight last night. And on the way here, we listened to an audio book. And it's a Western. <laughs> and it's good. And we enjoyed it. And it's the second one of a series of books with that. In fact, let me just tell you, this year, audio book, Audible had informed me recently, I've listened to almost 70 books this year. Amen. And um, no, not any of them were Jackie's <laughs> or Clay's or Dutch's. Uh, we like to listen to a little fiction, and we have found a writer that it writes fiction, but he is the most historical, factual writer of fiction. He's known for this, and we love it because we've learned so much through his history. But it says an abundance for every good work. How many of you would love to pay for the recording studio? But you're not quite there. Okay. Well, see, I believe there's a way to step into having an abundance for every good work. That's what it says here. It speaks about it. Another thing, I said this recently teaching First Fruits, if you don't have enough seed, maybe you're not sowing enough seed. And some of you are chewing on that, like an old tough pork chop. Listen, his words there says there in 2 Corinthians 9, he gives seed to the store, sower. Not those that are greedy. Not, remember the one that had the one talent? Didn't get anything. But the one that had five and the one that had ten, because they did something with it, they got rewarded for it. All right? In Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 19, it says he, he gives us the power to eat of the wealth it is the gift of God. You know, how many of you know what's fueling our nation right now? It's not about the ideology of the left or the ideology of the right. It's all about money. If money is not evil, but the love of money becomes evil. You know, we were talking with someone uh, yesterday who just found out the day before that a lawsuit by a relative had been dropped. And they were rejoicing that it had been dropped. But in 40 years of full-time ministry, we cannot tell you the times when there was a death and a will and situation that the love of money divided families. I could tell you of a family that when the father of this family died, he left cash to the daughters. It was a big family, okay, over 10 siblings. Cash to the daughters and land to the son. Some of the younger sons got cash that were just children. And about five or six years, seven years later, the daughters and their husbands and the young 
young siblings had run through the cash and they sued the other brothers for some of the land. And it took years for that breach to heal. And it all connects back to the love of money. And we have a, a very selfish uh, spirit that has raised its head over our nation. Now go to the next slide. In Genesis 4, 1 through 6, it says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again. Now, I'm not giving you dogma of what I'm telling you. I only discovered this about a year ago. I never, when I read that, knew this or understood this, but I have been told by some people that are way wiser than me that Cain and Abel were actually twins. This is not years later that she bore him. It was just that one came forth first and then a second one. But it said, let's go on and look at that. You know, I'm presenting that for thought, okay, food for thought. Then she bore a second time, this time his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of the sheep. Everybody say keeper of the sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. One of those is not more noble than the other. I don't care if, if your job today is you do maintenance or, or you clean office building. One Listen, do, be who you are and do what God has set before you to do. And God honors that. And it says, and in the process of time. Everybody must say that. Say the, the process of time. Now, anybody... I'm looking around the room. There's light to bright up here. But anybody here birthed a child this year? You you had a child born? Nobody I'm seeing. Oh, back here. Okay, you did. Is your wife here? Okay. Well, she she actually birthed it. You helped her create it. Okay. Let's get this straight. Because I'm not on the page that men birth babies. I'm not being ugly, I'm just being factual. But anyway, if you are, ladies, think back to when you birthed your child. And think about when you found out that you're going to have a child. The process of time began. And how many of you realize that process of time is wonderful, but it's bittersweet? I remember with our first child, I came home. Susan was sitting in the bathtub. She was about nine and a half. No, she was about eight and a half months pregnant. Okay. And I slid back. I, the bathtub had shower doors on it. And I slid back the shower door just about that far. And she just broke down and cried for an hour. I didn't know what I'd done. You know, it's like, oh, my God, who is this woman I married, you know? And, but... You know, her emotions were, were wrung out at that time, and she didn't feel comfortable, and she was totally miserable. She was waiting on her time of deliverance. Amen? And so we've got to understand about this. So in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Verse 4, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their flock. Listen, that's a, he's saying right there that this first fruit he brought was sacrificial. You know, think about this. 
You know, I, I don't know if you do, but the worship team that was here today is good. I'm not, I'm going to be cautious here, but, but think about if God said to Apostle Jackie, I want you to send your best worship team to a church in Dallas, Georgia. I want you to give them up, send all the instruments, send them all with that. You see, when you plant first fruits, it's sacrificial. It's not something that's convenient. And the reason, let me go on and read this so you can see it in God's Word. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his, of his flock and other fat. And listen, and the Lord respected Abel. Say, respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Now, let's talk about why there was respect for one and not the other. It had nothing to do with the content. See, Cain brought his offering out of preference. Abel brought his offering out of conviction. This year, probably in City Gate, Atlanta, in churches across America, there's a separation coming that's going to divide those that are just going to this church because they prefer to be there. The worship is good. Jackie's a good speaker. The, you, know, you, you know what George Barna says the two most significant things people look for when looking for a church? Women's bathroom and children's church. That's what they look for. So we worked on our children's church, enhanced it, and remodeled the women's bathroom. Not. And it was just joking. But that's what they say. You know, that's a, to me, those are important, but it's a little bit vain. Amen? You know, we, I can't tell you the people that have left good churches and moved to other churches because they, the, you know, they're giving a bike away every Sunday over there at the first church of the frozen. That's the reason they're frozen, the reason they're giving a bike away. Amen. And I'm not saying it's wrong to do that, but it's, if it's all about just drawing for attendance, let me tell you what I know about these leaders here and about you. You're here to be equipped and empowered as a family to go forth and be an army in your own spheres of community. I love, I, I followed Tiffany on Facebook, and I, I know you're, you know, in trouble uh, some, I know you get in trouble some, let me just say that, but I love what she's posting. And by the way, we got ready to start NEI the other last week, whatever it was, week, a week ago or something like that, and uh, YouTube pulled us down for seven days. Said, last strike, you know, you, you know, and, and can I tell you what was over? We found out what it was over. Matt put up some worship music for an hour testing our system to make sure we didn't have a problem but not publicly. Not everybody could watch it. And they still pulled us down. So, time for an advertisement. We're migrating, as Jackie is, to 220 Roar. We're getting away from it. I had a sweet little gray-haired lady write me recently. She was an intercessor, sweet little mama and grandmother. And she said, Brother Nash, I just want you to know I love it when you're on live streaming. But I was watching your live streaming the other day, and right in the middle of preaching that I was loving, a burlesque show came on. 
are you, are you hearing me? Now, I almost had to look up. I hadn't heard that word burlesque in a long time. You know, me, me and Winston have heard it when we were young men and everything with that. But, you know, something came on with people that were not modestly uh, dressed and, and, and everything with that. I can't control what YouTube puts on there. But with 220 Roar, you're not going to have that. And right now, I'm sure Jackie had been telling you, but if you want to join 220 Roar, you get 14 months for $50. That's more than half off. And there's a lot of things. We're moving that way. Uh, we're, we're headed that way as hard as you can. Uh, this week, while I've been gone, they're working on uh, my streaming area that I do in the house. We're working on things, changing up. We're trying to go to, to another level. Does that make sense to you? But see, the process of time is when you're waiting for the completed harvest. The baby is the completed harvest, but there, it's, it's sacrificial during that time. You're not comfortable. You know, some food makes you nauseated. Other foods, you know, dill pickles and ice cream, middle of the night, you know, you crave that stuff. I've never had, you know, you, you can say you've never had cravings like that. And so it's important to understand that Abel brought his out of conviction. Do you know that conviction is one way God speaks? And the scripture is very clear that faith comes when we recognize God. And, and so when you, I, I, one of the best stories I have on this has to do with prayer, but it has to do with conviction. A mother, one night about 1030, her husband was at work, her daughter was out on a date, and she felt convicted. She rolled out of her bed fell onto her knees and said, God, give my daughter strength. Do not let her go through with giving away her purity tonight. Later on, before her curfew, the young daughter came in, saw a light on her mother's uh, room. She stuck her head in her mother's door and said, Mom, can I ask you a question? And I think her mom said first, you're home early. And she said, yeah. I said, can I ask you a question? Yeah. She said, about an hour ago, were you praying for me? And she said, yes, I was. And the girl began to cry and said, Mom, I was very close to giving in to my boyfriend. And I felt your prayers. And I felt it rise up in me. And I pushed away and I had him bring me home with that. Listen, prayer changes things. And you know what? That might seem like a minor thing. It's not a minor thing. That's a huge thing. Amen. I tell everyone, can I just shock you? I tell everyone, if, you know, I, I, not boastful, but by the, in fact, I just applied for Social Security. I'm 70 and I just finally got around to it. One reason, because I didn't think I could draw any, and I'll explain that in a minute. But I went in and the young woman was sitting there and she's looking, she said, Wow, you sure made a lot of money up until when you were 29 years old, but said, you ain't made nothing since then. I opted out of Social Security as a minister when I was 29 years old. But I had made, and I, if God would, Jesus, Yeshua would stand there and say, I'll give you anything out of your past. It wouldn't be the money. Can I tell you what it would be? I'd want to be pure and a virgin when I married Susan. That because I wasn't, brought more challenges into our marriage 
in a little bit because you've got all that visual and you've got everything with it. And uh, you've got to break those soul ties. That's the reason we're seeing a lot of divorces right now where people are connecting up with people they loved years ago, childhood sweetheart, on social media, and it's tearing down marriages. That's, I'm, I'm moving on. I'm not going to meddle anymore. Go to the next slide. Number one, in the process of time, God always begins in darkness and ends in light. The Jewish day begins at 6 p.m. And so at the end of, day, of the day, God begins with day. He finishes in the morning when there's light. Number two, Abel brought the firstlings. That means the birthright, the firstborn, the firstborn, the first fruit. Number three, he brought of their fat. This means the best, the most healthy, without spot, uh, without spot or blemish. It also means a supreme sacrifice. Everybody say a supreme sacrifice. Today we're going to give you the opportunity to plant a first fruit seed or make a first fruit vow. But let me just share, if you can reach in your pocket and pull out $100, that ain't first fruits. Can I give you a story? A man named Krause, K-R-A-U-S-E, many, many years ago, his wife gave him the last dollar they had. They had a brand new baby. They needed milk. She was not producing enough milk for the child, needed some milk. He started the town to buy some milk. He passed by a church. The singing was great. He went in. God came on him. He felt compelled, gave the last dollar. He came home. His wife railed on him. True story. True, true story. Railed on him for, because the baby's hungry, and he didn't want to go to sleep and everything. And he goes to sleep, and he has a dream. And in the dream, the Lord gives him a piece of farm equipment. He wakes up, remembers the dream. He draws it all out. And he begins to manufacture. He gets patent with that. The Krauss Farm Equipment Company out of Kansas was huge. I used to be a Krauss dealer. It was a dishera. It's a piece of equipment that had round blades on. You pull it, and it, it breaks up fallow ground. When he died, when Mr. Krauss went to heaven, he left $160 million in a fund to help build new Assembly of God church buildings. Why? One dream, one sacrificial dollar given when it would have been easier and maybe even seemingly better, in some sense of the word, to buy that child some milk. He chose to sacrificially give, and in doing so, it brought forth that harvest. Now, next slide. Respect means, that word in Hebrew where it said he respected Abel, means God stood amazed and showed favor as a result of. God stood amazed and showed favor as a result of. How many of you want God to stand amazed and show favor this next year? We're going to need favor. We are in the times of times. You know, I didn't come here with a gloom and doom prophet's message, but I'm just telling you, I, I'm, this is not to strike fear. I believe you can be insulated and isolated and, and protected from this, but I, I have full confidence we will have a terrorist strike in the next 12 months on our land. They're here. I'm, you know... Uh, 
I come into a lot of intel that maybe some of you have availability to, but I get a lot of intel with it, and I'm just telling you, I, I'm praying against it. I'm praying for God's people to be wise, but can I tell you what? I believe he's going to give us a protection. Someone asked me recently, said, Brother Nash, when the, when the supermarkets and, and, and the, the shelves are empty and there's no food, what are you going to do? Let me just tell you. Because I, we don't just do first fruits. We are first fruits. It's something we practice all the time. Are you hearing me? I believe quail is going to fly into my front porch. In fact, I just had 13 turkeys in my front yard, wild turkeys, just a while ago. You know, I have, you know, we have game there all the time. Now, let me just tell you, Susan has declared it her animal paradise. So we don't get to hunt them right up by the house. Huh? Sanctuary. It's a sanctuary. But we coax them down off the mountain. <laughs> and then we harvest them. And we put them in the deep freeze. And we tell her that they came from the neighbor's land. All right? <laughs> She was taking inventory of the picture of all those. Oh, yeah, that's Molly, and that's Molly's daughter, and, you know, with that. They are not even fearful of us there. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it said, God is able. Everybody say, God is able to make all grace. What is grace? God's grace is him empowering you to be who he's called you to be. It, it's, it's greater than unmerited favor. Amen. It, it's him empowering you. People, can I tell you one of the biggest things? How do y'all go like you do, Grace? We slowed it down this year. I think we're going to end up counting this one. I think we've ministered 42 weekends this year. We did 50 last year and that. And we traveled a lot because this was our 50th wedding anniversary year, and we went to Israel, we went to Ireland, we went to Alaska, we went to Yellowstone for three weeks. And so we decided we didn't want to do one big thing. We decided we just wanted to celebrate all, and it's been a great year, and, and we've had time, and we're planning to slow down even more. Uh, let, me, let me say that. It's not about slowing down. We're planning to be more significant in our travel next year. I've already informed seven ministries that I won't be coming to them this year uh, with that. Not that they're wrong or bad or anything, but we just feel like that I, I've, I've helped them as far as I can help them and I think that I've got to focus on where God tells. And I, and I want to say this because I felt this in my heart earlier today. I want to thank Jackie and the team here in this house because y'all are a ministry that supports us very sufficiently, very generously. And we couldn't do what we do. And as we cut back on travel, it, it, what y'all sow monthly into us is going to become even more significant to us and, uh, and with that. And so it, thank you. Uh, I want you to know, uh, you know, we're, we're one of several, many, whatever, with that. But we, are, we don't take it lightly. We, we don't just pray over Jackie and Sandra and the leadership. When, when I, uh, every month, I pray over everyone that hangs your hat here as a shareholder at City Gate because it's important. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. How does God make grace abound? Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12. 
For if there is first a willing mind, how many of you want to plant first fruit, a sacrificial seed today? How many of you are, are expecting? And, and, and let me just say to you, Tiffany, uh, I planted a first fruit seed several years ago for some deer hunting open up in Texas. And this year, it, it didn't work out, but this year, Tiffany introduced me to her dad who offered for my son and I to come hunt on his land. Now, just due to responsibilities, we had to back out. Uh, enjoyed talking with her dad. But see, we, we, we planted that seed in faith. Are you hearing me? You know, we believe that you can plant a seed for the harvest and, and see it. And so it said, for if there's first a willing mind, it's accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. Let's break that down to where we can understand it. See, I believe you can be here, and a sacrificial gift to you today would be $250. I'm, I'm just throwing out a figure. $250, but you can have a $4,000 heart of faith. God doesn't look at what comes from your hand. He looks at what comes from your heart. That'd be worth saying, wouldn't it? Say this way. God doesn't look at what comes from your hand. He looks at what comes from your heart. I just had to have a strong discussion with someone, and I told them, I said, you need to understand if you'll look at the person's heart and not their actions, this will not become as traumatic as it is. Anybody, uh, you know, anybody here ever over-discipline your child? Or, or let's try, you know, in your passion for them hearing you spoke too loudly or too sternly or too gruffly or, you know, with that, but your heart was right because you love them. And it's the same way when we operate with other people that we need to look past their actions and look at their heart. See, according to your faith, what comes from your heart and not from your hand. Next slide. Ezekiel 44.30 said, The best of all first fruits of any kind and every sacrifice of any kind from all your sacrifice shall be the priest. Also, you shall give to the priest the first of your ground meal to cause a blessing to rest on your house. Now, here's what God instructed me in a dream last night. Never had this before. He told me in this dream, and got here this morning because I'm not traveling one, and I asked Jackie and Sandra, do y'all have a Talit here? And they do. And, you know, it's in a wedding, in a Jewish wedding, it's called a chuppah, and in that, it represents the home that's being created through that. But let me tell you what marriage is. It's one of the greatest signs of God's covenant. 20, no, longer than that, 40 years ago, the Lord had me change our bylaws. He began to speak to me something I cannot find anybody has written on what I'm going to tell you. Couldn't find it. He said, uh, you believe uh, water baptism is one of the sacraments? Yeah. You believe that uh, the Lord's table is one of the sacraments? Yeah. 
And you practice them? I said, yeah, Lord. He said, marriage is one of my sacraments. So we changed our bylaws. Really, probably 35 years ago, close to it. So, in fact, I've had a lawyer tell me that if it ever comes down that the government comes against us trying to force us to do alternative marriages, I'm, 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 I'm not trying to speak politically correct, but if they try to force us to marry people of the same sex, he said, you could be the guy that's a, the game changer. He said, because before it ever became where it's at, all I did was do what God told me to do. I didn't know that it possibly, and we're not there, thank goodness, but we could be. But I, I want you to catch this. So when we take the shalit, when you bring your first fruits pledge or offering today, we're going to have you walk under it. It's what God showed me. Because it's a sign you're in covenant with God. See, everything we do is about coming. Your tithes, your, you know, there's many offerings. There's free will offerings. There's heave offering. But there is the first fruits offering. And so we're going to do that today. We're going to have you walk under the shalit. But see, the blessing, and he will cause blessings in your life. And if we want a greater blessing that God, I'm going to say, did I go too quick? Yeah. Uh, we want. Uh, let me go back to the other one. I'm, I mean, I'm getting ahead of it. To cause a blessing to rest in your house. That's not just speaking about your brick and mortar with shingles. That's your. It's actually your heritage. Do you know your first fruit giving will affect your great great grandchildren not been born? Six hundred and thirteen years after King David died, I did this study years ago. I mean, it was like a, a, a several year study. I think it was five years. But I kept studying, and I was going to Jewish history, and I discovered that 613 years after King David died, God looked down and gave one of his descendants mercy because of David's faithfulness. That's mind-boggling. Anybody ever read in the book of Corinthians where it said, and Abraham having never wavered in faith? What it says there in Corinthians. Or is it it's Romans? Excuse me, Romans. How many of you know we got this little squirmish going on over in Israel because of his waiver? His waiver produced Ishmael. Are you hearing me? It was not an uncommon thing if a man did not produce a male child then to go to his wife's handmaiden and produce a child. That was very common in the Jewish culture. But see, Abram and Sarah had a word from God that he was going to give them a child, a son, and they didn't stand on, listen, and it's the word that is so big in me, you know, a couple of years ago in Clarksville, Tennessee, by the way, we blessed Clarksville, they were hit tremendously with a tornado last night, death there, Nashville the same way, I've been checking on people today to see how they're doing, but we blessed them. But I prophesied this word. We, you, God said, we're in a time you can no longer battle for his promises. you got to battle from his promises. See, when you're battling for something, it's, it's more of a defensive mode, a reaction. But when you're battling from something, what has God promised you? He promised me a skid steer. I've got it sitting on the mountain. Are you hearing? He said, if you will come to faith, I have your skid steer. I mean, you know, that's a lot of room right there. But yet we came to faith. And it's the same way with you. Whether it be a, a better marriage, whether it be a, 
uh, uh, your prodigals coming home, whether it's a better job, whether it's a, a mortgage being paid off. I remember years ago in Covington, Tennis, uh, Covington, Kentucky, I gave this couple, I said, the Lord said he's about to bring an inheritance to you. The, 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 the woman, the wife, she almost freaked out. Her mind about inheritance was somebody had to die. And she went, oh, I don't, I don't want my daddy to die. And, and I walked her through. Do you know that in Jewish culture that when a father gave an inheritance to his son, it was before he died? That's the reason the scripture says that a wise man lays up an inheritance for his children's children. When, when, when Jewish fathers died, that's when it went to their grandchildren. It didn't just go. And so, and so anyway, just shortly after that, I got a, I don't even think we had email back then, but I heard from them through their pastor, and they told me that her mom and dad had come to them and said, you know, we're, we're doing quite well, and we have some inheritance set up for you, but we'd like to see you all build a new home, so we want to give you your inheritance now. Word came to pass. Making sense to you? And see, and can I share this with you? Don't buy into this religious idea. God just does this for his special. God does it for everyone that practices it. But he goes on there. It says to cause a blessing to rest on your house. And so when you walk under the shalit today, it's going to represent your covenant with God because your, your household is your lineage, but also your house is your covenant. It's what you're building. Uh, everything we're building in our life for our kids and for our grandkids and everything that we're doing is out of the covenant that God has given us. And we've had a few of them at times be not heads. You know? Only other person I'm thinking in this room has ever experienced that was Jackie. <laughs> I'm being not. We've all experienced that some. The, you know, how many of you know your kids always don't do it the way you think they should? Amen? I've got someone that's got a prodigal right now, and, and uh, when, when this father speaks of this prodigal, he said, uh, they're just out building their testimony, you know, with that and stuff. And so, uh, you know, but he's calling them in. Next slide, threefold blessing. I'm winding up. Cause blessing will rest in your life. If we want to be want the greater blessing God desires us to have in our life, we must step out of that which happens by default and step into that which is caused. Listen, God has planned. He knew before we bought the land that there was a skid steer that had our name on it. I believe this with all my heart. He knows. I mean, we have watched this in travels. We've, I mean, soon I flew into uh, Seattle, Washington, late one night, red-eye flight, got there, went out. I was with Hertz. I was high up with Hertz. Went out there. My name wasn't on the board. I go back to the desk. A year before that, we had been there and had some trouble. And the guy said, oh, Mr. Nash. So we show where the last time you were here with us, we, there was a problem with your car. And the reason your name's not on the board, we're going to up, upgrade you. We were just going two hours up the road, less than two hours, to Bellingham, Washington. And we had rented the most economical, safe thing that we could get. And I said, okay. I said, uh, and he says, it's not going to cost you anything. They put us in a Lincoln Town car. And we ended up in Canada. 
and there were two ministers in Canada that needed a ride back to Shreveport, and we had room for all their baggage and room for ours and comfortable and everything. See, God knew all that. You know, I, I would kind of been upset at hurts. I thought they should have done something before a year was up. But God held that blessing to the important time and caused it to come upon us. Can I tell you why? Because we have been living first fruit since 1991. It's, it's one of the greatest revelations and spiritual understanding that God has given. Next slide. Number two, duress. It means the blessing comes to stay. We don't ever move out from under God's blessing that comes by first fruits. I started saying this earlier, but see, another thing that first fruits operates in the Jewish culture is like insurance. Anybody have insurance on your cars out here? So if I back out today in my GMC Yukon and back into your rear fender and I cave it in, you're in, if you have insurance, my insurance should pay for it, but if I would be unassured, you have insurance that will repair your car, right? Or your house. But see, God's insurance is better than that. God's insurance is backed up by a scripture in Malachi says, he rebukes the devourer for your sake. Way back in the 90s, a, a tornado came through Dyersburg, Tennessee. We were in Waco, Texas, ministering. Our children were there. Our oldest daughter was old enough to look after the other two somewhat. And um, she had to gray tape them in their rooms. But, but anyway, uh, and so it came through and it took our barn, blew it away. We had big pecan and oak trees on five acres. They were all gone, a magnolia tree in the front yard. It twisted it round and round and round to it, twisting it too. And it left our house and went to a subdivision and people were killed there. But our kids weren't hurt. And we had insurance. And when we drove back the next day and got there, the insurance company blew some shingles off of one end of our house, and the insurance company sent a, a, a contract director to put some tarp over it so the, you know, if a rain came. And th the guy didn't know me. He didn't know I was a preacher. He'd actually been brought in from another town in Tennessee because all the contractors were busy. And when he got there, he looked at me. He said, Mr., if I didn't know better, I say this tornado split and went on both sides of your house. It did. Because God promised us to rebuke the devourer. And that's, therefore, first fruits operates like an insurance policy, okay? The blessing of first fruits brings change to your life and family forever. First fruits can shove you into a dimension of life more abundant. Number three, rest on your house. It's not talking about physical. I've already talked about this. In 2 Samuel 7, 16, it said, And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be forever. House forever. 2 Kings 8, 19. Next slide. Yet the Lord would not destroy Judah for the sake of his servant David. This is what I studied. That's the scripture right here. It caused me to study him. It said, For the sake of his servant David, as he promised to give him a lamp, a lamp to him, and his sons forever. It doesn't get cut off. Maybe maybe one of your grandchildren or great-grandchildren or child is going to spend a period of time where they're rebelling against God, but God can give them mercy because of your faithfulness and your faithfulness to first fruit. Next slide. 
In Exodus chapter 23, verse 19, I don't know why that 9 is on there, excuse me. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in his mother's milk. And I could teach on that part of it. It's not really relevant to this. See, the first of your first fruits of your land. Leviticus 23 says, Speak to the children of Israel and say that. When you come into the land which I will give you and reap its harvest, you shall bring a sheave of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest, and he shall wave the sheave before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf on the day after the Sabbath. The priest shall wave it. Deuteronomy, next slide, 26. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and great terror and signs and wonder. And he brought us to this place and has given us his land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Can I tell you what 2024 can be? A land, a year of milk and honey. Amen? Not going to go into this word, but I've already released a word this morning to an individual about what has been hard this year. And what has been challenging is going to become easier. Amen? I, I believe, I, listen, I believe there's a momentum building with uh, congregations like this. I believe there's a momentum building with the ecclesia, the praying church. I believe it's building. How many of you know when you have a momentum, obstacles are not near as significant? And I believe momentum is building because God has a plan for us, and we're moving into it. I'm going to go a couple slides more. I'm looking for, um, uh, go about three slides. It says Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with your first fruits of all your increase. All your increase. Somebody say all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your bats will overflow with new wine. God says, honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Your barns will burst, and your bats will brim over. The first grain that ripens in the field is always stronger. Now, let me contrast in closing. The slide there, what is the first prayer? It's separate from the tithe. A couple more slides now. It's separate from the tithe. It is the first portion of the harvest. It's a sacrificial portion. It represents the whole of the harvest. It's like an insurance policy. And even in Deuteronomy 10 and verse 35, we find out that it is done annually. And let me tell you, it's not just done. Our people practice first fruits all the time. You know, you, it's not something that's just done monthly. It's not something that's done weekly. It's not something. It, do it with it. I mean, I remember... 30 years ago, I was teaching on First Fruits in Louisville, Kentucky, and a couple came to me, and they said, we have two houses that's been on the market for almost 30 months. We've not even showed them in over six months. And we, want, we believe there's something here you're teaching that will help us. They sold a sacrificial portion of the sale of those two houses and closed on both of them within 45 days. God doesn't do magic, but God does miracles. We've sold the last several houses that we've sold with no realtor involved. Now, if you're a realtor, don't get upset at us, but, I mean, I was sitting in a, 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 a 
woman that normally doesn't cut my hair was cutting my hair. She occasionally came to the church, and she said, do you live on College Road? I said, yeah. She said, your house got your motor home aside? Yeah. And she said, my fiance loves that house. Would you want to sell it? I said, well, we might. Can I give you the interpretation? We might. I got to talk to Susan. (laughs) (laughs) And so I went home and told Susan, and we called our realtor, who's a Christian, spirit-filled, and we just asked, and she said, oh, there's no houses in your level, and said, it'll sell, and she advised us, and so we jacked the price up. We decided we didn't want to sell. We jacked up. They never countered. They bought our house. That's when we moved to the ark. But can I tell you, even greater than that, they lived there about four months and sold it and made another $50,000 than what we sold it for. And the family that has it now, it's ideal for them. They wanted a mother-in-law area, and they took our, de- you know, uh, detached garage. We went to look at this house when we heard about it, and all we did was look at the detached garage. It was 2,600 square feet. We didn't even hardly look at the house, did we, Susan? Or I didn't. Susan did. And, uh, but we loved the house. You know, we really did. But we wanted that extra. And we had a, we had a man cave. I had a man cave. And in that man cave was a pool table. And in that man cave was three Harleys. One of them was Susan's. One of them was Susan's. And an 87 square body pickup that I've been restoring for 18 years. And by the way, you men that love those square body Chevrolets, it's for sale. Yeah. And it's got a fuel injected engine in it. And it doesn't have any Bondo. We cut out all the rusted uh, metal and tigged it in. I mean, we did it right. Forgive me, Jackie. That salesman's coming out of me. Your bats will brim with new wine. The blessings will be up on your house. God sends angels before you to prepare the way. Are you hearing all these promises? Are, are you hearing me? Now, I've got a word for some of This is for some more than one. This is for some, some people in there. Your barns are not big enough. God never gives you a harvest to where it has to rot. I come from a farming background. We would plant in the spring, and we would, we would start building more grain bins. We'd start building more storage for it. And I'm hearing, I heard the Lord this morning during worship. I heard God say, tell them, some of them need to build their barns bigger. Now, let me help you out. You need to change your thinking. Well, I know that God can bless Apostle Jackie. You know, she's an apostle or, a, or clay or, or, you know, anyone. No, God, God wants to bless you just as much. Are you hearing me? He wants to bless you just as much. I just love to talk about finances because God gave me such revelation about it because I was so frugal and so lacking in faith concerning finances 
and had a poverty spirit. Poverty spirit. I really did. Let's explain it. Poverty is not about not having. It's the fear of not having. So I really did have a poverty spirit. So over the years, we talk about giving, 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 giving. And I said, God, just because the preacher says to give, that's just not good enough for me. You know? And I realized that there were times when I was, you know, in the in the Old Testament, there are several offerings that are listed. Well, let me tell you one of them that I was doing. It's called a shame offering. Have you found that one in the Old Testament? It's not there. And then there was another one I was operating in called the obligatory offering. That's not in the Bible either. But those were what I was operating in. And so... I realized there, there's two areas of revelation that God gave me. One, he provides a plan to teach us to trust him for finances. And it's found in Malachi. Will you rob God and test me this? Test me in this. Well, see, God's plan to test us is to give us a chance to Okay, God, I'm going to give you a chance to, I'm going to try this. But see, he's okay with that. That's the whole thing of try me in this, test me in this, and see if it'll work. And he gives you grace to walk out the process to learn to trust. He doesn't mean for you just overnight in your head decide to do that. He gives you the opportunity to walk it out so that it goes from your head to your heart and then the next thing he showed me was that the the spiritual power of financial giving and so that's where it went from the head to the heart when I learned that wow this stuff really works and there is a power in this the reason there is power in it is because it's not coming from your head it's coming from your heart and what comes from your heart is powerful because everything that we, uh, every area of relationship that we walk in with God, it comes from our heart, not our head. So that's what makes it so powerful. Susan does a great message on it's better, and this is about the tithe, but it's, it's better to live on a blessed. 90% than a cursed 100% and uh, with it. And I, you know, I could take you to Hebrews and show you where it speaks about tithes in the New Testament. There's a big movement out there that said it's not. Let me, let me just tell you, when God said in the garden, eat of any of these trees, but don't eat of this one. Now let's settle that. Who, made, who, who created the tree we're not to eat of? God. And so Everything the kingdom is about is about boundaries. And that tree was a boundary. And boundaries are not about what you can't do and can do. Are you hearing me? Boundaries are about honor. God gives us boundaries to see if we will honor him. Amen? Uh, I went off this morning, left my wedding ring in the hotel room so I don't have it on I don't like sleeping in it and uh and so I left it there but that wedding ring is is not on my finger to remind me 
of the relational covenant that I have with Susan, which we've been building for 50 years, uh, it's not even on my finger to cause somebody else not to cross that boundary. It, it, I do it to honor Susan. I do it to honor the Lord. Are you hearing me? And so we must realize. Let me give you real quick. I'm going to just run through the. The tithe is in relationship to what you already have. It's a, it, it says first fruit versus the tithe. Uh, page 21. I, maybe it shows the same way on your. For, the tithe is in relationship to what you already have. First fruits is in relationship to what God wants you to have. How many of you believe God wants you to have more than you have? And that's not houses and cars. It, 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 listen, peace comes with first fruits giving. Are you hearing me? Peace comes. Uh, tithing relates to what I make. First fruits relates to the harvest God wants me to have. Tithing relates to past productivity. First fruits relates to future productivity. Tithing protects what has been made. First fruits protects what I will make. In between the first ripening of wheat in Israel until the crop until wheat is fully mature, from the first portion of first fruit is hail season. I come from a farmers that farmed wheat, and only one time in my lifetime did we have a hailstorm came through and it beat all the wheat off the off the stalk. The wheat was laying on the ground. Combines do not harvest wheat on the ground. You need a big vacuum cleaner, which wouldn't have worked. But anyway, we, did, we didn't even cut it. We just dissed it under. Are you hearing me? And so what God's saying, when, you, when, the, when the covenant Israelite planted first fruit, he's saying, I'm going to keep the hell coming from coming your crop, your crop. We know a man named Merlin Booty. He's with the Lord now. He was from Kansas, and years ago, a drought, he planted a bunch of wheat. We know this. It was written up by the county extension agent. And he planted a bunch of wheat, and a drought came, and God spoke to him. He was new in faith. He had actually came out of a, uh, either Lutheran or Methodist background, but he got a hold of faith. And God told him, I just want you to go every day and walk your wheat fields and read the Bible to it. And God would give him scriptures. And he did that, and he cut 60 bushel acre. Moisture began to come out of the ground. And he cut 60 His neighbor cut less than 20. Right, I mean, right up to the field. It was so much. I mean, we read the articles that the county extension agent there put out. We know a guy in South uh, Mississippi that has learned some scriptures. He's written a book on this, uh, Bo... Uh, Marion Neal, yeah, Bo Neal, which you've met, has written a book about it, how, and he's using one-third the fertilizer, one-third the chemical, one-third the water, and getting more bountiful crops than all of his neighbors with that. Listen, this creation was created for us, and we, are, we have dominion over it. Some, someone attacked me recently and said I was a dominionist. And I sent him a picture of, of uh, Brother Hagin's book, Authority of the Believer, and I said, if this makes me a dominionist, I am. Because I believe he's given us authority. And we are moving into it faster than I've ever seen the body of Christ. We've, we've, we've operated for years in our priestly anointing, but we're learning how to operate in our kingly authority. See, when you know who, uh, who you are in Christ, 
It establishes your priestly anointing. But when you know who Christ is in you, it establishes your kingly authority. And first fruits operates right in that. Let me give you about three more points. I know I've probably gone over. It's hard to teach all this in one. Tithing protects what you've been made. First fruits protect what will will make. Tithing represents the your present need. First fruits represents your increase over the next 12 months. The sheave of the first fruit represents the whole. The first fruit is your agreement for God's protection. The first fruit is your representation of faith released in God. The first fruit empowers you to live in abundance. The tithe entitles you to the best. The first fruit offering empowers you to eat of the wealth of your increase. Tithing entitles you. First fruit empowers.